You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Thank you, Miles. Beautiful way to start worship this morning and listening to those beautiful words out of Isaiah. Today, the word that will come, I will speak from today comes from the book of Deuteronomy. I'm turning on my computer. I'm doing something today I've never done. I don't usually speak from my computer, but here's the deal. little private thing about me. My eyesight is getting exponentially worse. I need cataract surgery. There you go. That's how old I am. And so I'm using my computer today because I can blow these words up as big as I need to to be able to see today. And when I opened up my Bible this morning to read out of Deuteronomy just one more time before I walked in this morning, I thought, thank goodness I have big letters over here to back me up in case I can't see these very small words. But I am coming to you today from Deuteronomy, uh, the chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who maintains covenant loyalty with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Beautiful words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, today we're going to be talking about, I want to talk with you about covenant relationships, and I pray that you heard those words in that simple yet very deep verse from Deuteronomy 7-9 about the, the steadfast, loyal love of God who keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. That's a long time, right? The book of Deuteronomy, great book if you've, if you've read it through, and maybe some of you have. It records at least three messages that Moses delivered to Israel. Moses, undoubtedly aware and remembering Israel's past mistake, is recounting the past and urging his people to please not repeat the same mistakes again. Partway into the second of these messages, we come to this verse 7-9, where Moses says he exhorts to the people to know their God and not forget two very important things. He said, first of all, he is God. He is the one and the only true God. All other gods are just worthless idols, as it says in 1 Chronicles 16, 26. And second, he is faithful and he demonstrates his faithfulness by keeping his covenant with his people and by his steadfast love for his people. Just three verses earlier in verse 6, chapter 7, verse 6, he says, out of all the people on the face of the earth to be his treasured, the you are, his treasured possession. That's verse 6. And then he goes on to say, that he chose them not because of their greatness, but because he is faithful, keeping his oath that he swore to their fathers in verse 8. And then that leads us into verse 9 today. Today, I'm going to take a little bit of pastor privilege. It's what Matt kind of terms it while I'm up here in the pulpit today. I'm going to talk with you about covenant, and I'm actually going to begin teaching a Bible study called Covenant this week. It's a long study through a kind of a walk through the Bible And I'm going to start it this week as we begin connection on the 21st. And it talks about relationship, covenant relationships, relationships. It's a topic that's deeply important to God and it's exampled by Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy insists that the basic human yearning for healthy relationship is based on faithful love. You can read all about that in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. In 6, 4 through 5, it says, Israel, listen, our God is the Lord. Love the Lord your God. And you've heard these words with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your strength. It's echoed into the New Testament when Jesus acknowledges Deuteronomy 
love that loving the Lord your God part as the greatest expectations in scripture. And then he preaches on to say, you must love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's in Matthew 22, 39. So Jesus confirms here that you're going to find that it's hard to love your neighbor if your well-being, your whole heart, your mind is fragmented or distracted by substitutes for loyal love. I think it's safe to say that we are and have been just plain distracted. We're kind of in survival mode is kind of what I call it. It's like we have to rethink and reevaluate every single thing that we do in light of the, a pandemic, in light of weather, hurricanes, life. You know, I'll never forget that day in March. I was up with my brother and his wife visiting the Creation Museum and the Ark um, that they have there. It's fantastic if you've never done it. But it was a it was an interesting visit because that was the very beginning fringes of the pandemic that was coming through. And I found myself on a Friday in an international airport, the quietest airport I've ever been in in my life, because that was the day that they were closing all international borders. And I began to wonder and worry whether I was actually gonna make it home that day on an airplane. Everything changed in the wake of that. Life seemed to either stand still or fast forward. It's hard to know the dichotomy of how that really works in our minds, but life has pushed in on us and life does push in on us, doesn't it? And it seems like every single day, our minds are pulled into a thousand different directions and so much of our routine, and I dare say our holy habits, worship, prayer, Bible study, time with God, have suffered. I said in my blog, the, or blurb, I guess it really in the blog, it's a blurb that I wrote for the newsletter. And I said, and this kind of came from the study that, I, that I'm going to begin this next week, said love has a learning curve. When we better understand God's faithful love expressed through scripture in the stories, the songs, the instruction, prophecies, prayers, and certainly through Jesus' sacrifice, the fulfillment of all covenant, a covenant that cannot be broken, we find that living well together is always about our relationships. We've had to find new ways to connect and remain connected. We've also had to learn how to read facial expressions differently, expressions that communicate so much and offer so much about a person when you see them, not to mention hearing better when we can't see someone's mouth. We just can't hear them as well. But we're having to look now into their eyes, see expression through their eyes as we've got our mask on reading the eyes, even here this morning in the North Ex, as I was greeting people this morning, you can see a smile in someone's eyes. The Bible says a few things about that in Proverbs 30, 17, it says, the eye is the window to the soul. And some people have added to that and it says, they reflect everything that is hidden. And Matthew 6, 22 and 23 says, the light of the body is the eye. And some have added to that saying, the eye is also the reflection of the person looking into them. You know, shelter, that's just a little sidebar there. <laughs> you know, sheltering in place, quarantining, social distancing, how will this complement our relationships? How has it? And, you know, the relationships that are vital to us as we grow and live and walk together. You know, we've had to reach into our creative souls to begin to reform our lives in light of the changes that we've endured, and we're now living into them. 
So it seems right that we would start at the beginning, that fundamental and common denominator of all relationship in covenant. You know, covenant is that solemn and enduring commitment that was made between God and human beings to be in fruitful and creative relationships. Now, when Christians speak about relationships with God, well, we're invoking, we're summoning the language and the images of the covenant, and they are translated into all of our other relationships. The Christian Bible is actually a library, as you know, 66 books. If you think about the Bible as a quilt with 66 squares, covenant is the, dom, do not, pardon me, the dominant pattern that runs through this quilt. Some of the covenant facts, you know, Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary defines covenant as this. It says it's a binding agreement between two or more parties expressly for the performance of some action. Well, you know that our God is a covenant-making God. The first covenant, you might remember, was with Noah to build the ark and then to enter it. He had to build it and enter it. And then the second one was Noah was extended with Noah. It was extended to every creature on the earth, and it's called the covenant of the rainbow. Many have heard of that. God's covenant with Abraham further down the road and then with the nation of Israel on, on Mount Sinai and Deuteronomy and again with Israel 40 years after they wandered 40 years in the wilderness and just before they entered the promised land in the later part of Deuteronomy in 29. You know, so God's covenant today, as we know it, is between God and the individual Christian. It's made possible by grace. It's appropriated by faith. And it's carried out in love when Christ died on the cross for us. Ephesians 2.8 says it beautifully. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of your own doing. It is a gift of God. It's not a result of works or things that we do. It's so that no one can boast. And for we are what he made us, created in Christ. Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Well, I don't think there's any greater need in our lives to sit together and to study the Word of God together. I absolutely know that studying and taking uh, and talking about God's Word will change your thinking. It always does mine, and I think I'm not alone in that. There is so much pushing in on us, so much need, and very little opportunity to come together to study and to sustain what we need in this world, in this complicated world to be able to be in this world and not of this world, to help us push our thoughts into that of Christ and to filter them into a holy perspective. We don't do this just for ourselves. We do it for God, and we do it out of love for our neighbor. You know, last Sunday I talked about joy and how joy is intertwined. Our joy is intertwined with one another in the unfolding drama that God's working out in our lives as we share our lives together. We see, I see, with great joy, the way God moves in and through the circumstances and events of your life, of our life, sharing life together and seeing God in the midst of it all. You know, we're going to begin, as I said, connection this week, studying God's Word together. It's a holy practice I've deeply missed with you. And I'm sure that many of you feel the same way, but I also know that at least in my case, I've allowed a whole lot of other stuff to just pile it upon itself and just kind of take its place. And I know that I need to be intentional about study, however I can do it, whether it's in person or virtually, whether it is privately or corporately. Study helps us sustain our perspective to that of God's perspective, and it is an act of love. 
love of God and love of neighbor. And when we intention ourselves to be a living example, we are encouraging others as we learn. I'm going to share with you just some wisdom from the first video. It's a short video that would introduce this covenant study. So a couple of great people, uh, Reverend Christine Chicane, she's a pastor of First Presbyterian Church in Lake Forest, Illinois. And Reverend Shane Stanford is a senior pastor at Christ United Methodist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. They discussed relationships in life and in their lives and how those relationships form and inform their Christian walk. They say how covenant is really about family that is firstborn by God, and then expressed itself in fruitful and creative ways in our relationships. They shared how amazing things can and do happen when we share God's love with each other and how studying and sharing this love strengthens and sustains our relationships. They said, uh, Shane was saying, love overcomes suffering. You know, our homes, our schools, our communities need to hear that. And they need to know what it means to be part of something that is that deep and that is that powerful. So often we miss the mark because, well, we're human beings. And uh, Shane was saying that, you know, we, we know the statistics, you know, more than half of our marriages are going to end. A serious illness is going to disrupt our lives. We have financial distress, loss of job, failures at work, loss. You know, many of us become empty inside and we find ourselves in a world subscribing to substitutes for what is true healthy love. Substitutes can destroy the relationships that matter the most to us in this world. And they said the question is this, what does God have in mind for our relationships and how does God hope for us to be whole in our relationships with him, with others, and with the world? This is essentially how the covenant Bible study is wired, but I want you to hear me when I say this. It's not just this covenant Bible study that's wired that way. If you come with an open heart to any study to learn and to hear from God, that's hearing and having a heart for God. And this week, we're just going to dive right into Genesis when I begin on Wednesday and begin our walk through the Bible together. There's other opportunities that you can kind of plug into. Wes Davis is teaching, is leading a study called Fail. What do we do when things fail? And there'll be, I think there's going to be one or two others, but I'm not sure exactly what they are. You know, holy conversations about the Bible is just vital to our spiritual health. God is blessed when we do so. It says so. Great story in Malachi 3.16 you know, there's a group of people, gentlemen, gathered together, and they're talking about their fear or their love for God. And the Lord listened to them as they talked, and he heard them as they talked. And a scroll of remembrance, it is said, was written in his presence, and their names were recorded on it as a remembrance to recognize those that talked, feared, and loved the Lord and honored his name. We are to love God. We are to worship him serve him and be blessed, receive the blessing. And if you do otherwise, you'll miss out really on God's choicest blessings. Covenant relationships do run deep. There's a great example in Samuel. Um, I think it's in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 9.1. It's a story about David and Jonathan. David asks, is there anyone left in Saul's family if so, I'd like to show him some kindness in honor of Jonathan. Now, just to back that story up a little bit, First uh, Samuel in First Samuel 18, it gives us insight into how David and Jonathan forged their friendship. It was a covenant friendship. They entered into a covenant with each other because of their deep love that they shared for each other. 
the covenant agreement between David and Jonathan was based on a promise of Jonathan protecting David from Saul's wrath. And David's responsibilities was to show everlasting kindness to Jonathan's household. Well, so based on this covenant agreement, long after Jonathan's death, David sought for and found some of Saul's household to show kindness for Jonathan's sake. And thus every benefit, every goodness, preferential treatment, Mephizabeth enjoyed in David's palace came to honor, in honor of Jonathan, his father's memory. You know, David didn't renege on his part of that covenant, even though Jonathan was no more. He made sure that he blessed his son and therefore and thereby fulfilling the terms of his covenant. And I believe that this is always the heart of God for believers. The product of the covenant that he made with his son, Jesus Christ. God's eyes are always looking to bless us, to bless all of those who have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. He is willing to go the extra mile for us on our behalf. If a covenant of goodwill made by just mere men like David and Jonathan stood the test of time and was completely fulfilled by both of them, how much more binding can the covenant made by a living God be for us? So, you know, I would even say here, don't, you, we should not succumb to the thoughts that push into our minds that tell us that maybe God doesn't care. God cares. He honors the blood sacrifice of his son above everything else. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God, by grace, has made us partakers of his eternal inheritance through his covenant in Christ. Our part is to receive that inheritance by faith. You know, covenant relationships, we have them all woven through into the fabric, the quilt of our lives. Something happens when we join together in study, whether it's on Sunday mornings or on Wednesday evenings, but when we share each other's lives, invest in each other's lives, and we honor the covenant God made for us, our holy perspective is going to shift. The things of this world will become smaller as we see the umbrella of grace that covers our lives. We've had to reach deep into our creative souls, haven't we? to begin to reform our lives in light of the changes that we've endured and we're now living into. Covenant is the solemn and enduring commitment made between God and human beings to be in fruitful and creative relationship. When Christians speak about that relationship with God, we invoke the language and images of the covenant and they are translated into all of our other relationships. Giving God all the glory, all the honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for the everlasting covenant that you offered to us through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus. Move in our hearts on this day as the word has been shared. Help us to be a people of authentic relationship, relationship with you and with others. You are our everlasting God. You are a God who keeps promises and your love will endure through a thousand generations. And as we have reformed our lives around a new and different environment, help us to remember, maybe with a new perspective today, the need for study and how reading and abiding in your word impacts our relationships in deep and meaningful ways. And all God's people said, amen. And so now... um, Tracy's going to come up and we're going to have 
a beautiful song, Help Us Accept 